Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. Uh-oh. I guess we're live. <laughs> and I forgot to change the name of this episode, so whoops. I have been through a lot. <laughs> In the last few weeks. Hi, everybody. Uh, hope you're doing well. How are you today, Michelle? I'm fine. Yeah, it's weird when I asked you and then I ask you again on the on the air. Feels weird. Yeah, that's okay. I should just save it. I shouldn't. You know, we should. We just shouldn't speak as friends, um, except when we're on the air. Yeah, yeah. That would probably be the way to do it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so for those uh, watching live with us or for those who are listening on the podcast stream, yes, it has been quite a while since we streamed. It's been like almost uh, three weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Almost three weeks. Okay. So um, you may notice my voice has a little extra uh, sensualness. So, uh, that's, uh, because I got COVID-19 again and it's, that makes it sound extreme. I mean, uh, again, I got it almost exactly a year to the day after I got it the first time. Yeah. So, uh, David DeNoyer is in the chat and he just said, that's a nice modern rogue shirt you got there. Well, thank you. It was the closest to clean shirt I had. So I, yeah, so, <laughs> so for those who don't know, the reason initially we had planned to be away for a week because I went up to Michigan to do a writing retreat and then on the way back was really crazy because mm -hmm. there was a massive, severe, uh, winter storm and it was pretty brutal. I think we ended up getting almost eight inches of snow here in, in Dayton, Ohio. Wow. And I drove home in it. Uh, Rachel and I both had to drive because we drove separately up there. So we had to drive separately down back down. So we just drove at like a brisk 45 to 55 miles per hour, depending on the road conditions. It was very, very interesting. One thing that I learned is when you're in Northern Michigan, first of all, where we were in Michigan was so far North that that area was not being affected by the storm at all. It was five and a half hours North of Dayton. There was no storm at all. So I actually bought all my groceries knowing I was going to come home to a big snowstorm. I actually bought them all up there because there was no panic. No, <laughs> there was like the stores were like empty. I mean, of people because okay. it was just a normal Wednesday. So I popped in there and was like, oh man, I'm going to, cause I had talked to friends in Dayton and they were like, yeah, the grocery stores are pretty packed right now. And people are buying up stuff, you know, cause they, they don't want to end up snowed in without enough, uh, enough milk and butter and toilet paper to mix together to make, uh, to make, uh, snow, snowstorm porridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, <laughs> so I bought my groceries up there cause there was just literally no, there's no weather there. Um, but 
through the night while we were asleep because we had made the decision to get up at four in the morning and just leave by five. Um, technically we would have been home by like 10 30, but that would have been if there hadn't been a massive snowstorm, but the snow didn't really start until we were like two hours South, but, but it was freezing cold because we were so far North in Michigan. So the roads were just a general icy that I guess is just normal. That's the way they are there. Is there a little icy and they do maintain the roads well, but I think what I learned was that when you're that far North and the winters get that cold, the attitude about what is good enough is different. I think that people up there are more used to driving on icy patches and it's just normal because I'm not like the problem wasn't that the roads were too icy. The problem was I would see like ice on the road and be like, Oh my God. And like white knuckle all the way through. Meanwhile, everybody else who's just going to work is just like dum de dum de dum. Like they're just, it's just their day. So that was the funny thing. So until we got almost to Ohio, the roads were a little, by my definition, a little rough, but they really weren't that bad. Then once we got to Ohio, we started having like bad visibility and lots of pounding snow and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. But we took it nice and slow and it really wasn't that bad, but you know, but that being said, white knuckling for like seven and a half hours totally sucks. Yeah. I did not enjoy just like gripping my steering wheel for dear life for so long. And then, uh, and then getting really sleepy and then having to call Michelle and make her talk to me while, <laughs> while I was, while I was, uh, like, Oh, just try not to take a nappy nap, you know? Um, so then I get home, I get my dogs. I, I haul up in my house, right. As the freezing rain is, is starting up the freezing sleet starting up. I make chicken and noodles and all is great with the world. I'm hanging out with my dogs. It's Thursday. Then Friday comes along and it's like, all right, it's Friday. I ended up not being able to hang out with all my buddies, but I was able to hang out with uh, my buddy Jeff because he lives like right down the road. And then Saturday, I'm like, boy, my throat feels kind of dry. That's weird. Maybe it's the, the change in temperature. And then Sunday, I was like, I'm sick very sick. And then Monday it was like, well, Monday wasn't like you have COVID. It was Monday. I took a COVID test. Mm -hmm. And then Tuesday it was like, you have COVID. So, (laughs) so, but it was definitely, um, if I had to guess, I would say it was definitely that Omicron because that stuff is just not that bad. It just wasn't that bad. My, for those uninitiated, I had COVID about a year, almost exactly a year ago. And it was very, very awful. And it, and it like stuck around for like eight months. Mm -hmm. So this was very different. This was more like a pernicious cold. Like I felt like I had a really bad cold. And then on the third day I was like, boy, this, if I didn't know I had COVID, I would have been like, boy, this is a terrible cold. (laughs) Like like this is a gruesome cold. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I have my hot beverage. Yay. Oh man. There's action on the doggo cam. Yeah. Looks like Henwolf's oh. thinking about getting up on the couch with Chicano. Oh, wow. Uh, she decided not to. Oh. <sighs> so much drama. So, oh, well. Well, that's the doggo cam. Uh, I'm like a security guard. I was taking a sip and then I noticed some movement on one of the little screens. <laughs> but yeah, so got sick and then that made things really difficult. So the first time I had COVID, it was actually, it was mostly in my digestive system. 
which was awful, but good in that it didn't affect me doing podcasts much. I mean, once the worst of it was over, you know, I could sit still for an hour and do a show, but having my voice completely gone was, was pretty bad. And it was funny because I would tell people like, oh yeah, my voice is a little too whatever. And they'd be like, well, just like you could do like a character or something. I'm like, you don't understand. It hurts to talk and it hurts to listen to someone. You can tell when someone's voice hurts, Mm -hmm. you know, and at least I believe you can. So the idea of listening to someone talk to you for like 30 minutes sounding like that just doesn't sound pleasant. So, so after over 120 episodes, I released the weekly spooky episode a day and a half late. Wow. Pathetic. And of course it was the thing. It was the uh, Valentine's day episode. Oh, so, no. so, well, no, that's okay. Cause it's on Wednesday. So it was before Valentine's day still. Oh, okay. But what sucked about it was usually I would try to have like a couple of episodes in the bank or whatever, but I didn't want to miss a seasonal episode. So I, I claimed it was just me doing like a Barry White kind of thing, you know, having such an extra deep bassy voice. Yeah. So, but my trip was great. It's just that I returned and then immediately got very sick. And as of today, it has been 10 days since my onset of symptoms. So I am considered by the CDC to no longer be uh, contagious. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it creeped me out though, that, that somebody from Montgomery County health department called me to tell me my COVID information. I mean, it was helpful, but it was creepy that they had called me that they, they saw, I tested positive and called me that creeped me out a little bit. So what, what was that face? No, it just must be nice to live in a place where, um, like people actually get called by contact tracers. <laughs> The lady was super nice, uh, but it was funny because she was like, she was like, you can go out now. You just have to be masked. And I was like, really? Because I tested positive yesterday. Uh, And she was like, oh, no, that doesn't matter. You're fine. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, no, it changed. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently now it's five days after onset. Now, this is assuming no fever because I never had a fever. Mm -hmm. I had sore throat. I had uh, congestion. I still have some congestion left over. Sore throat. I actually went and got a COVID test today just because I am curious. Like I'd like to, I'd like to just know, even though I'm fine, it's fine. Uh, And I'd already booked it before this lady called me. So I wasn't going to call and cancel. No, it's a free COVID test. I want it. Give it, give me, give me, give me. So, and nothing feels quite like twisting. I just got, I, you know, I want to get Q-tips and just do my nose for fun. You can. It felt horrible. I hated every second of it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, so I, uh, yeah. So, so apparently if you don't have a fever, then it's from the first day you had symptoms, that's day zero. And then you count up and once you get to 10, you're just done. Mm-hmm. You're all done. So mm-hmm. I'm done. So what's been going on in your life? Nothing. No exciting new diseases? Not yet. Oh, I mean, none that I've been diagnosed with. <laughs> Typical Michelle. Typical Michelle. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh I'm glad you're well enough. Thanks. 
I don't know. Uh, uh, okay, so I tried changing the title. I don't think it's going to work, but... It did. I mean, it worked for me. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work on the places where we're streaming right now, but that's okay. Yeah. So, but I am I am relieved. I was kind of scared when I found out I had COVID again. I was afraid it was going to be like last time, mm-hmm. but then it was pointed out to me that there's no logical reason why it would be the same because it's not the same exact virus and it's mm-hmm. not the same exact circumstances. So that made me feel a little less terrified. Speaking of terrified, I had such a good time riding a ski do. Yeah. So, which is the other thing that, but by the way, before I talk about ski do's, the other thing is uh, where did I get the, the Omicron? Because like, the, uh, the area of Michigan I was in had like super low infectious rates mm-hmm. and I was barely around anybody. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was just kind of funny that, that, that was like, that was how it just like slapped me really good. I'd been alone for five days straight. In fact, cause the first day I got to Michigan, I wasn't feeling very well. I think I had just done too much and worked, uh, worked myself up too much in the morning. And cause I got up super early and drove up. Mm-hmm. So I actually was worried. I was like, am I seriously going to have COVID? I actually thought that I was like, am I seriously going to like, like arrive at a vacation writing retreat and then just have COVID like the moment yeah. I get there and then just have to spend the seven days there having COVID didn't happen. Luckily I just went to bed early and felt fine the next day, but. So yes, I went snowmobiling, AKA ski doing, which is the preferred term for me because it's hilarious. Ski do sounds awesome. Snowmobile sounds okay. I like snowmobile cause I understand what it is. That's why it's not as fun. Yeah. Although most people who rely on snowmobiles day in, day out, call it a snow machine. I did notice that. Like okay. hunters and stuff, they call it a snow machine. They should call it a snow motorcycle. Well, but it's not a motorcycle. It doesn't have any yeah. wheels, let alone two. Yeah. Okay. It has zero wheels. This many. But, yeah. <laughs> no, go on. Change the nomenclature, Michelle. No, it's okay. I don't want to anymore. <laughs> no, but... um. So we went ski doing, which is really, really fun because snowmobiles go very fast and that had never been expressed to me. I mean, I knew that they could go quick, but I don't know. Like when you think, of, I mean, you know, cause I've talked to you about this already, but like when you think of a snowmobile, how fast do you figure they go? It's I already know. <laughs> but before I told you really fast. What's really fast? I don't know. Like fast. Like 80 miles an hour. I don't know. It's because I told you already. That's why. So I managed to get the ski up to 85 miles per hour. And it was a little scary, but it was also awesome. Mm-hmm. We were riding on a frozen lake, which if you've never been on a giant frozen lake, I cannot recommend it enough. It was so fun and and fascinating to be on a giant frozen lake. You haven't been on a giant frozen lake, have you? No. Have you been on a frozen lake? No. You've never like walked on the ice? No. You never took a chance? 
No. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Walked no, on the ice. I don't want to die. I'm I'm really scared of dying in cold water. Why? Because it just sounds bad. So like the opposite of like of the fear of like a lobster. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is, is but so you like does the idea of walking on ice freak you out? Just the thought. Well. A couple of things. I've walked on ice before, and it's slippery, so I don't really like that. But you didn't walk on pure ice. You walked on ice, like, on something. Yeah, well, the ice is on the water. So, it's the same. Wait, what? What'd you say? It's like, it's like, I, no. Like, it, it's the same thing. It's ice on a thing. I mean, there's definitely water under all of that ice. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and well, yeah. I've like skated and stuff, but not on not a lake on, or yeah, a pond things. Yeah. yeah, I've walked on ice a couple times. I mean, because out here it, it it doesn't get that cold very often, but every now and then it'll be cold enough you could probably walk on like a small pond, um, if you're brave or if you're Henwolf and you just don't give a shit. Like that time that she and I were at Cox Arboretum and she just tried to like, yeah. she just walked right on the ice and her hind legs just sunk into the water. And she was just like, what the hell? What the hell? It was pretty funny. Um, but so, uh, we went to a place called Halton Lake, which is about five miles wide and 11 miles or five miles. Yeah. Wide and 11 miles long. So you can literally ski do to the middle of the lake and then just you're in Antarctica. Like you can't see anything but snowy ice in any direction, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So, and because I was ski doing, they taught me about lake safety, frozen lake safety. So that day they told me the water was 16 inches deep, I believe, or was it? No, no, it was 24 inches deep. Is what they told me. It was 24 inches thick, the ice. Okay. But to give you context, um, eight inches is enough to support most vehicles. Wow. So eight inches of ice is enough to like drive a car it's around. It's not even that much ice. I mean, it it's is. A, that's more ice than I think you've probably handled. Yeah, but I don't know. It just doesn't sound like that much you know thickness wise it doesn't sound like a lot eight inches does not sound like a lot but in reality i mean that is like that much it's like yeah i guess it's i guess it's, it's a, a decent amount still and, i don't feel oh, like i can drive my car <laughs> no I, I i agree and the the um like it was funny because being on a frozen lake because the day before i'd went and walked on a frozen lake nearby where my cabin was a lake called Higgins Lake, which is, um, considered a better fishing lake, but it's not as big of a recreation lake. Cause it's not quite as big. <laughs> my buddy Keith just chimed in. Oh, eight inches of ice. I joined at a weird time in the conversation. <laughs> so <clears throat> we walked around Higgins Lake, which I guess is a much deeper lake, but it's not as big. Like it's not as wide and long and stuff like that, but that was a really cool experience. Uh, walking around, we took some pictures, we were goofing around, <coughs> excuse me. But one thing you don't consider as often about, uh, frozen lakes is that it's just a desert. 
it's just a big plain and a big desert, basically. Yeah. So if you say go out to the middle of the lake, it's like substantially colder because there's no tree cover, no nothing. You're just getting nothing but wind, nothing but cold air, and you're standing on a giant block of ice. Yeah. Yay. But I remember walking on my first frozen lake and being like, oh my God, oh my God. Like the whole time I was scared. The whole time I was stepping onto it. I was like, oh God. Like I was trying to find the right spot to step on and stuff. And then I'd just be like, oh my God, oh my God. And then I'd look up and see like a a Ford F-150 just like driving by. And I'd be like, oh, I guess this isn't that bad. Like, I guess this is fine. Yeah, I mean, until the Ford F-150 crashes through and takes you with it. Cause it, it was like 300 feet away. Oh. That's the other cool thing about hanging out on a frozen lake is there's just space. Like, nobody has to be in each other's way. Because there's just <laughs> plenty of it, you know? So, so anyway, I'm going to tell you some of the cool things I learned safety-wise before ski-doing on a frozen lake. Because we could have ski-dude on the trails and stuff, but since it was my first time riding, they recommended just hanging out on the lake because it's just a wide open. You can go as fast as you want. You can go around a lot and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and it was really cool because it was, it's basically boating. I mean, as far as like transportation wise, it's the same concept as boating. So we would ride on the, on near, near the, um, the shore and just look over and be like, Oh, that place looks like it'd be good to go to eat. And then we'd pull over and park mm-hmm. and then just walk out of the lake and go get lunch. And then come back and start the ski do and ride around some more. So yeah. that's pretty fun. Cool. Um, so one of the things I learned about giant lakes is that the ice is constantly breaking. Like it's constantly cracking because it's so big. Mm-hmm. It just has to, but it's also refreezing constantly. So like if a cracks if, if a crack breaks out in less than 20 or 30 minutes, it's going to be frozen over because right. it's very, very cold. It was when we were there, it was like eight degrees. So very cold. And uh, because the ice is so thick, it takes a lot more than above freezing to melt it. It has to be in like the 40s for days on end mm-hmm. in order for it to, to really make a difference. So that's number one. You'll see giant cracks in the ice. Here's what you're supposed to do around the giant cracks in the ice. Avoid them. Oh. Not like avoid them like, oh my God, there's a crack. But like, don't park on a crack and don't like walk around the crack. Like just if you, if you ride over a crack, just keep going, you know, go a little ways away from it. Okay. So they, they told me that because the ski-doo, and this is why I love ski-doos and why I wish I owned one. Um, even though we don't get enough snow, I'd probably be able to ride it like three days a year here. Um, this is why I love the ski do. It's the opposite of every vehicle you've ever ridden. Like it's meant to function when there's, (laughs) it's meant to function. Keith Tomlin had to chime in and say, yep, you'll break your mom's back. Um, it's meant to function where there's like not a lot of friction, And it's meant to function where there's not a lot of traction and it's meant to function where there's snow, lots of snow, which is like the opposite of most vehicles. Mm -hmm. So the best thing for the ski-doo is to be on ice and slush and snow. That's what it's built for. So, because for those who don't know, a ski-doo has a big spiky chain 
that's maybe three feet long and it spins and it just grabs and pushes. It's really that simple. And the spikes grab chunks of snow and ice and throw the snow and ice against the engine to cool it. So it's actually cooled by ice and snow, which is pretty neat. I thought. So basically they told me if you see a big crack and you're like, Oh no, uh, I don't like the way that crack looks. Just gun it. Like just go faster and just go right over it. And then you're done. They told me that the ski do in that kind of weather, if there was a six foot hole in the ice, the ski do could cross it as long as it was going at a relative speed, a decent speed. Because uh, as the ice is forming and becoming slush before it freezes into hard ice, the skidoo can grab that slush and push you wow. forward. So you just got to go. You just got to gun it and go. And if you end up stuck in a hole, gun it until, because eventually the skidoo will tip backwards because the engine's in the back. And when it tips backwards, it will catch on to the, the ice and push you forward. Oh, I thought you would just freeze in that position, like... Like permanently? Well, yeah. If you if you're just there waiting, <laughs> get out, but you're not doing anything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's one way it could go. I guess. Um, you have a weird imagination. I don't appreciate it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but uh, the other thing you had to keep in mind was that people were ice fishing on the on the lake, and. What you do when you ice fish is you bring a little shack and you drill a big hole into the ice or you cut a big block out of it, depending on how you're fishing. Mm -hmm. And you create, so you create a big hole, which can be dangerous. So the traditional way that they mark those holes when they leave is they leave a little Christmas tree on them. They leave like branches of a Christmas tree or just a small Christmas tree or some cases a whole Christmas tree. Um, because traditionally people ice fish after Christmas. So people will literally just drag their old Christmas tree out to the, (laughs) out to the lake. It's like an old tradition. So, but the idea is that that will tell you where the hole is because when you're riding your ski-doo or you're walking on the, on the ice or whatever, it's just snow, snow, ice, snow, snow, ice, snow, snow, ice. So anything that isn't snow and ice sticks out like a sore thumb on a cold day. Like it is very obvious. Like at one point I got freaked out because I saw a glove, but I didn't, I didn't know it was a glove yet. So I thought it was marking something. So I like turned to stay as far away from it as I could. And then I realized it was just somebody who dropped something there. I hope. Uh Oh, Oh no. Ah, they would have been long dead before I even noticed them. So, but I did like when we were ski doing a couple of times, I did have to turn because I saw a little Christmas tree and I was like, "Uh Oh, okay. Well, we want to stay away from that. Also, you generally want to stay 20 feet away from just people ice fishing on shacks because sometimes they dig a, a hole and then move. So you're just not supposed to come within, within about 20 feet of the shacks anyway, okay. just for safety mm-hmm. and to be polite. Cause you're going to be zooming by with like your super loud motor annoying them. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be very nice, but it was easy to avoid them because there was so much lake. I cannot overstate how much lake there is. There's just so much. Uh, Keith just commented, how many can ride on a ski-doo? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are two-person ski-doos and there are single-person ski-doos. So a two-person ski-doo is fun 
because it's a lot more um, balanced and heavy. So it doesn't quite drift as much as like a single person ski do, <coughs> but you can't do all the, you know, the wild tricks with it. But that was one of the crazy things. So they have literally to test the ski do. All they did was have me start the engine and go in a circle in the parking lot on the ice, just go in a circle. So I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I was like, oh, so that's pretty easy. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's easy. So I was like, okay, so now what do I do to get on the, the lake? And she was like, oh, you just go down this little patch and the lake's right there. Just go right in. And I was like, oh, okay. And then as I'm like pulling up, I'm like, well, what about the snowbank? There was like a huge snowbank. And she's like, oh, just try to get up to 30. So they literally were like, just ramp the snowbank. And it was super duper fun. Like I, I gunned it up to 30. And when we hit the snowbank, we just le- leapt up like maybe a foot and then landed down on the, on the lake. And then we were already going 30. So it just landed and vroom. So it was really fun. And it taught me something I didn't know, which is that Rachel is a speed demon. When I would like, I wouldn't, cause we couldn't talk. You can't hear each other over the wind and everything and the helmets and everything. So when I would gun it up to like 60 or 70, she wouldn't know. She would just know that we were definitely speeding up and like, at like clockwork. If I got over 60, I'd hear her going, woo, woo. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Um, it's probably one of the things that I will, uh, I will cherish one of the memories I will cherish of this year very, very much is getting to go ski doing. And I hope I can do it again next year. Yeah. It was a little expensive, but it was worth every penny for the experience alone, you know, for ski doing for like six or seven hours, you know, and then stopping, pulling off the ski do and going to like a tobacco store, you know, and like shopping in the lo- this little town and ski doing up to like uh, a restaurant and then going in and getting like some hot soup and just, it was just fun. It was so much fun. Good. So, and the, the place we rented the ski do from was a place called B water. I highly recommend if you're in Michigan and you want to go do lake activities, uh, go to Houghton Lake, which is, I believe the biggest lake inside of Michigan. And, uh, you go to Houghton Lake and go to Lyman's, uh, Lyman's, I believe it was Lyman's. Um, and you go to, which is a, um, a bait shop and next door to the bait shop owned by the same family is B water rentals. They rent boats, they rent ski doos, they rent jet skis, they rent everything. And they're super nice. They're family owned. They're owned by a mother and daughter. Because the daughter runs the ski do rental. So she was telling us all about the company and how they, you know, started renting ski do's because her mom, the rental business came from that. Um, it came from, uh, <coughs> from them owning something and then renting it just because they were like, maybe somebody will want this. So her mom owned a pontoon boat and was like, I want to, I'm going to own a bait shop out at the lake. Cause I love being up at the lake. So they buy the bait shop and she was like, maybe somebody will want to rent my pontoon for a day. It turns out people love renting pontoon boats. So they were very excited to rent her pontoon. So then she would be like, wow, we made a lot of money renting that pontoon. Maybe we should buy another boat. So they started buying more boats to rent. Well, then on top of that, in the winter, she loved to go ski doing. So she owned a ski do. So same thought. It was like, wait, maybe we should rent the ski do. So they were like, wow, we're like renting the ski do almost every day of the winter. So they're like, okay, well then the next summer in the middle of the summer, they buy a new ski do. And then every summer they buy a couple more ski do's until they had like a fleet of like 13 or 14. 
Cool. So I was most excited because they were called B-Water Rental. So my first question was, who's the Bruce Lee fan that named this place? Because <laughs> uh, that's a Bruce Lee quote about being water. Have you ever heard that quote? No. Now I got to read it to you. Um, here it is. Uh, oh, no. Oh, here it is. Uh, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Yeah. It's one of his most famous quotes. And you are a racist for not knowing it. I, it's not that I didn't know it. It's that I did not know it was his quote. That's even more racist. No, no. I just thought it was some white guy. <laughs> you were just like Thomas Jefferson, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Oh, so yeah. Um, had a lot of fun. Unfortunately, came home and immediately got sick. Mm -hmm. But I am doing better. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry about the coughing. Uh, it's just like. It's the last bastion of this illness is I'm still coughing quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so uh, today I'm going to leave the house. Well, I, I'm going to like actually leave my house and leave my car, which is a big deal. And I'm going to go to the movies tonight and I'm very excited about it. I'm going to go see Jackass forever Yay. because I'm a millennial and that is I'm an older millennial. So that's required an elder millennial, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, um, are you a Jackass fan? No. Ah, of course you're not. You're so cool. Michelle's so cool, guys. I don't, I don't think that makes me cool. <laughs> Keith just made a terrible joke. He just said, I think he stole that quote from David Carradine. David Carradine's the, although, you know, very talented actor. He was the white guy who ended up, who stole the role of Kane and Kung Fu from Bruce Lee. They ended up casting a white guy. <laughs> so, and it was David Carradine. Um, but no, uh, so you weren't into Jackass like back in the day. You didn't watch it on MTV. You didn't go to, you didn't see any of the movies. No. Wow. I just don't really like that kind of thing. You don't like uh, art and an expression of the love of being alive? Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone knows that. So. <laughs> Well, so I, I will say you should give the Jackass movies a chance, no. at least one of them, because they're so creative. That's the thing I love about it, though. They're not just as 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 much as you could assume that it's just people hitting each other with like wiffle bats in the balls. Mm -hmm. That's only a small. OK, not a small portion, but that's only a portion of. That's only a portion of what Jackass is, though, they, because the, the whole point is that they be creative, that they, they put a lot of thought into the stunts they do. Yeah, it, it's not like I don't know what Jackass is. I just don't <laughs> enjoy seeing people get hurt that much. So Why it's not? Like, yeah, you I do. Don't... You just only enjoy it when it's emotional pain. Yeah, exactly. So if they were just hurting each other emotionally, <laughs> maybe, but like... Actual people actually getting hurt. Not really my thing. 
But what about when they love it? It's not like it's not like it's a show where people just like attack random people. That's something Japan would do, not America. Uh, Charles Campbell just commented, great job on Weekly Spooky today. That writer is going places. I agree. Not college, but places. Um, He wrote this week's uh, story. You probably figured that out, Michelle. Um, I just love the creative aspect. Like, like the fact that the, the poster art for this new Jackass movie is that they literally shot Knoxville out of a cannon, but had him wearing angel wings. So literally the goal was to do a scary stunt of being shot out of a cannon. But then like when you reach your apex of height to like pose, like you're a flying angel, that's to me, that's the epitome of Jackass is that, is that, is that moment where it's like, wow, that's kind of beautiful in a brilliant kind of way, mm-hmm. but it's also a man getting shot out of a cannon. I mean, it's just a geek show. It's in the old days of the carny. You had two, two kinds of, of shows under the tent. You had freak shows and geek shows. And the rule is freaks are born and geeks are trained. So the freak show was people with deformities and stuff like that. And geek show was people who would like the earliest geek performance was biting the heads off of chickens. People would be mortified by it. You just bite the head off of chickens. But then it became, you know, glass eaters, um, people who walk on fire, people who, um, you know, do all these weird things. They're self-made, get covered in tattoos, you know, things like that. Those were the old, old style geek performances. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is if you watch Jackass, some of their gags are literally from the geek show. Like they just updated like, uh, I saw a live performance of Steve-O once and he was having women come up and they could staple their bra to his body, like with a staple gun, they'd have, you know, bras and staple them to his body. And that's literally a geek show performance, except you did it with money. Aww. So, well, cause you could keep, you got to keep the money. So people, yeah, it was like, if money you... was better than the bras. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the bras just make it more rock and roll, you know, cause it was like at a stadium concert mm-hmm. venue. So it just made more sense in that context. But, uh, and the rule was always that if you had a 20, you could staple it on their face. But if you had a one, it was just like, you could do it on their body. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to do that. It's not that difficult. You just do it. And yeah. it hurts a little bit, but yeah. if you, if they're doing it to your face, you scrunch the muscle under it, like right as they do it. That way you give lots of flesh mm-hmm. to catch it because, yeah. the, cause otherwise it won't hold. And yeah. also it might scrape your skull a little bit, which you probably, okay. it's fine. You know, <laughs> come on, you know, you know, you know, we're going to have to marathon the jackass movies, right? I'm just kind of squeamish. I don't like seeing people get hurt. Yeah, there are some moments in the Jackass movies that actually make me a little sick. Yeah, like, it's that's just my thing. Like, other people's, like, blood and pain, like, just really stresses me out and makes me feel not good. Jackass isn't super bloody, but it is, it can, it can be pretty brutal. One of my favorite moments in Jackass 2 was, uh, there's this big fall and a guy lifts his head up and his tooth is gone. Mm-hmm. And he just looks over at the guy and goes, dude, you knocked my tooth out again. And I was like, well, that, that just, that just really sums it all up. Doesn't it though? Uh-huh. Dude, you knocked my tooth out again. That's the jackass experience. Yeah. So it's okay that you don't appreciate modern art. I, I get it. I know. I know. It's okay. Thanks. But, um, 
I'm going to try to see a bunch of movies this weekend because I've just been stuck inside and I've been missing movies. So I'm going to see Jackass tonight. And then Saturday, I'm going to try to see Licorice Pizza, which is a new kind of artsy movie that I really want to see. You'd hate it because it's art. And then, um, <laughs> and then I really want to see Moonfall, that preposterous movie about the moon colliding with Earth that just looks, it looks great. I can't wait. I really want to see that. So I may go see that on Sunday or I may go see it on Saturday too. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. It also depends on how I'm feeling. Cause even though I'm not still, I'm not like officially sick anymore. I still feel kind of tired and congested, Yeah. you know? So I'm still trying to take it a little easy mm-hmm. here and there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I'm just, I'm just sad that you'll never get to appreciate jackass. It just makes, okay. me, makes me sad for you. I, I appreciate it. I just don't want any part of it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, I also love, uh, like, uh, the, they did this prank where like they have people ride a bike and it turns out that like, they're not riding it to a road. It's like a wall painted to look like they're heading towards somewhere open. I love gags like that. I just, I just love that they are, that they, I remember when I watched the first jackass movie, I was like, eh, you know, whatever. But by the end of it, I was like, man, they had to like sit down with pads and paper mm-hmm. and, yeah. <laughs> and, and come up with all this. And that's when I actually started loving it. Cause I was like, I, I, I got to give it to them. You know, they're creative. They're extremely creative people. So all I'm saying is just watch one entire jackass movie without turning away once, please. No. Damn. I mean, just how about we just watch the part where Steve-O snorts wasabi? Why? <laughs> uh, fine. You know, Steve-O is really interesting, too, because, you know, he's uh, he's into doing all those stunts and stuff, but he's like a super vegan. He He's like super anti-killing animals for anything. Well, that's good. Yeah, no, he's a cool he dude. He knows pain, and he knows... <laughs> But that's how you get, that's how you get, um, uh, that's how you become, oh, what's that word? Uh, enlightened, Michelle. It's through pain. You should know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith just commented, or shoots fireworks out of his butt. That's true. He does shoot fireworks out of his butt. I know about Jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever watch a single episode of it? I don't, I don't know. Like maybe it it was like during a time where like MTV was on a lot. So it's possible. And it was huge for a little while. Yeah. Like, like it's like, uh, you had to have watched some of the Tom green show because it was huge for a little while. There was like six months where you couldn't turn on the television and not catch a little bit of Tom green or jackass. Mm Um, I actually really liked the Tom green show. Until it got, until it like MTV like ruined it because as soon as it got fancier, it was like destroyed. Like it wasn't as good, but, uh, anyway, uh, well on that note, (laughs) sorry. Um, I really need to call it a day. I can't really talk much more today. So, but I thank everybody who hung out with us, um, very much. And hopefully we'll be back to streaming a little bit more regularly very soon, but I did want to do a little show and make sure you knew we're still out there. We're still around. And, uh, so Michelle, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave them in your trusted hands as we check the doggo cam. 
Okay. Um, and then I'm going to leave and you just let people know. No. Um, give them some words of wisdom. I don't have any words of wisdom. Um, I'm just going to read these comments. David DeNoyer says, good to have you back. Smiley face. Glad you're starting to mend. And then Sea of Madness says, glad you're feeling better. Exclamation point. Take care, you two. Please make this stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time.